0: What's up, everybody? Here we are in the Dome Podcast. Here we are. Here we are. We're here. Are you there? Because I'm here, dude. It's hockey season. I'm
1: feeling good. Okay. Well, I don't know if I'm feeling good. I'm feeling less depressed.
0: We had a split, spa- split squad game two nights ago.
1: Yeah. We got a preseason game tonight. We got a we had a win and a loss. We split the split squad. We we won the rookie game. We won the rookie game because those rookies, the baby flames, came to play. Except for Mark Jankowski. But they came to play. Looked good. Cam Talbot kind of sucked, but whatever. It's preseason. Who those, cares? That was rough. It was kind of rough. That was rough. But again, preseason, who cares?
0: Preseason, nothing
1: matters. Pre-season. I don't know. Okay, I've, do, we need to, do we need to address the people who booed Talbot? Or sure. have we already done that? I'll throw two okay. cents on there.
0: Okay, you can't do that. No. You can't do it. What is the word? I'm going to reprimand you people? Even if it's Mike Smith letting those two goals... Two you don't, night, don't do Two it. nights ago. You don't do that in the After saddle. the horrific regular season he had last year. You still don't do it. In, it's preseason. You don't do it. This is a brand new guy on your team. I understand it. And his very do first. It. His very first game. The second
1: goal he lets in. And you're like giving him the Bronx cheer after that. Before he
0: even gets applauded for anything, he gets booed. There's
1: unacceptable and then there's this bullshit. Cut it out. Who's doing that? I am going to be the Ranger, the Calgary Flames Sea of Red Ranger this year. If I see you at a game doing something that is unacceptable, I'm going to call you out. The I'm going to be the sea of, sea of
0: Red Police. Sea of Red Police. Okay, i got to finish this jun before we start here. Okay, today we're going to... Do a player comparison of your lover boy. Perfect timing. TJ Brody. Because also the other guy who... Mr. Turnover. Made a giant mistake in the preseason game. All right, we've been wanting to do this for a bit, which is basically a, a deep dive into both Travis Hamannick and TJ Brody in the perspective of comparing the two players. Because they're both up at the end of, the, end of this year. And like, correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as player comparables go these two seem to be getting like the most player comparables
1: yeah it seems to be popping up everywhere we were like, like who would
0: you rather have Brody or Hamannick Hamannick
1: or Brody yeah so it, yeah, I think it's because they are both up at the end of the year they've both kind of been in trade rumors a little bit Brody obviously more so than Hamannick but I think it is kind of like a an interesting topic of discussion because probably one of them is not going to be here next year at least possibly oh, yeah. this year but next year for sure and
0: I think we I know. Think, I think we know who that one's going to be I think be. we do So And then they make pretty much the same, don't they?
1: They make very similar. Brody makes a little more. Um, He makes over four. Hamannick makes like 3.9 or something. So um, they are, I think they are similarly, they are comparable in that they are both defensemen and they both play for the Flames. And
0: what's going to make this most interesting is that you've been a staunch defender of TJ Brody. Have I? Yes. Do we have to go back? No, I haven't. What do you mean? <laughs> do
1: we have to go back and play all the time? I don't know what you're talking about. I have been a staunch defender of T.J. Brody. I think he gets a bum rap. I understand that he makes stupid plays sometimes, but I think he's a good defenseman. Sometimes. All the time. Sometimes. I have, like, super hearing in this. Okay, most of the time. Okay, so he's, again, we touched on this with Noah Hannafin, and I, call, I said Noah Hannafin suffers from T.J. Brody syndrome, where it's like... Okay, he's a good player, but once in a while, it's like, what the hell are you doing? Similar with TJ. We just saw another, yet another example of it in the preseason loss to the Canucks. Like, literally, it was so hilarious because I was watching that game, and knowing we were going to do this podcast, and I'm like, man, does he look good. He just looks so good, so solid, makes some great plays. There was even one play right before he turned the puck over. He, like, keeps it in the blue line with his skate between his legs, makes a nice play, sets up Johnny Gaudreau for a nice little chance. I'm like, fuck. He's good, and then fucking like not two seconds later, does he make the most boneheaded pass <laughs> in TJ Brody fashion, and then they come down and score on a two on one. So, okay, <sighs>
0: that's what you went through. Here's what I went through. Okay, I'm gonna try and like just wipe the slate clean here. Give Brody the benefit of the doubt. Let him play a new season. a fresh start. Yada yada yada, and then he goes and does that. And I can't. But I it can't go over it. the rest of the game though. It doesn't matter. You it's cut. like he you, G- he's the Jake Gardner of the Flames. You lost the game for your team
1: when they should have won. Well, I don't know. Anyways, okay. <laughs> Travis Haminick, on the other hand. So here's what's so interesting to me because did he,
0: sh- did he play the other night? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he played I didn't, I didn't really notice him. No or, big surprise. Because he sucks.
1: No, he doesn't suck. I don't think he sucks. I just think Brody's better, and I think Haminick gets way more credit. Than Brody does, and I think I think obviously it's easy to point at Brody's glaring mistakes and be like, he sucks, and be like, oh, you Hammonick is good, but what's so interesting is when you start getting into the analytics and looking at the numbers, because intuitively, who do you think is the better offensive defenseman? It's kind of similar with Noah Hannafin. It's like, oh, he's probably a good stay-at-home guy, and it's really weird because Travis Hammonick is actually a better Play driver than TJ Brody when you look at the analytics. And you know who's a much better defender? TJ Brody. Very interesting. So that's what we're kind of going to get into today
0: from my perspective. You know what? That is interesting. It's really interesting. See, the thing, the problem with Brody is it's the timing thing. Yeah. Well, so the, what do you mean? Like, well, what I mean is, like, sure, he can play good, he can play well. Yeah. yeah. But when, you know what? If you're making those mistakes at, you know, not a crucial time in In the the game, in the preseason,
1: maybe. Sometimes not in yeah
0: yeah if it's just preseason or even like if it's in the game like early on in the game and you know yeah. whatever but but his mistakes they just seem to always turn into yeah. to something he, bad he always has those glaring mistakes like it's just like
1: god damn it could it be any worse of a time right now and I don't know
0: you you'll probably have different numbers than I do on his player scorecard th- today as we go yeah. through this but they're not like I don't know they're not close. I just think I just think with TJ I I think I feel the
1: need to defend this guy because everybody shits on him all the time and it's like he's still a top four defenseman like people are like let's just get rid of Brody it stinks it's like no he's a t- Will's I was even having to a agree with Derek Will's the other day on the radio because he's like you don't dump a top four defenseman is a salary dump and I was like totally agree it's the only thing I've ever heard him say that I agree with but.
0: That's kind of where I feel the need to step in and be the leader of the TJ Brody fan club. Now, I may have a different perspective of what a top 4 D-man looks like, but he's, in my opinion, he's not a top 4 D-man. Top 4 D, baby. He's, he's, a, I'll, what, he's, he's what? been
1: one half, as much as you say Like Giordano is an unbelievable machine, he's been one half of the best defensive pairing of the last two seasons. Well, the last season. And then before that, before Dougie Hamilton, when he was playing with... He played with Gio. Yeah, he did. Before Dougie was here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's been one half of the literally one of the best pairings in the NHL. So um, again, Geo is probably
0: eighty percent of that, but I mean he's still been able to get it done. So. Well, and I think you know you've been pulling up stats as of recently his with or without you without Geo. Well, he struggled away
1: from Geo last year, and I mean the the year he and Hamonic played together, they both sucked. So I don't know. It's hard. Again, it, like I totally get it where it's like you watch the games. If you watch the games, you watch TJ Brody make a lot of stupid mistakes. But I think he does get a, bu- a bit of a bum rap because I don't know. I just I wouldn't be trading him for a bag
0: bag of poxes every week. He's not as expendable as people think. I I think. Well, yeah. There's there's definitely value you can get coming back the other way. I feel like no question. He's an NHL defenseman, a legit NHL defenseman. Yeah, and I mean, like Toronto is going to be willing to give up Nazem Kadri for
1: him. So it's just like he does have. You always say he has perceived value. Yeah. I think he has. I think he has real value. Even though again, well, it's
0: not. Yeah, and I think honestly, where where he gets into trouble is when he's playing in a top four role. I don't think he belongs there. I think he belongs in a second half. Yeah, and you of know the that, defensive that, that's pairing. It's actually a good point. Like maybe he's better in. Sh- like maybe he would excel in sheltered minutes. I think he would. I think he would actually be able to maximize his value if you slotted him accordingly. Yeah, on the third pairing. Yeah, because I mean, like you should be out there three and three overtime
1: yeah and i just i think okay so just before we get into the player to player comparison just one last thing on brody i think everyone's like oh we
0: have stone now we can trade
1: brody it's like no you can't stone sucks brody maybe screws up a lot and should be down the depth chart a little bit but they're not in any world comparable you can't just slot stone in for brody and think everything's gonna be all good stone is terrible yeah all right i kind of like the looks of that hamilton guy yeah, I know. I didn't even know who he was. I was like... Is he playing tonight? Oh, no, he's not, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, it is kind of surprising. Um, yeah, he's, he's looked good. And that's what I'm saying. It's kind of weird they signed Stone. because was like Davidson looked really good. This Hamilton guy looked really good. I don't know. It's kind of weird and out of the blue. Well,
0: it's it's pretty... It's total low risk. It's I, actually no risk. because No matter signing Stone. <laughs> like, it isn't because whatever seventh defenseman you have is going to cost you the same amount of money. So whether he's on the team or not, it doesn't matter. stinks. It's like totally no risk.
1: And I, I, it auto-corrected on Instagram for the Yeltsin. It put Yeltsin. So I know his name's Yeltsin. Somebody corrected me and he, I went to his page and he's like, it's a page devoted to a fan club for Yeltsin. So so it's all in Russian and shit. I know his name's Yeltsin. It was an auto-correct mistake.
0: All right, let's jump in. Let's go, baby. Before, I got to pop quiz for you. Oh, shit. What do these two players, TJ Brody and Travis Hamanick, have in common? They are from the same... No, they're not shit. I was
1: going to say this from the same Now, province. you got to think a little... Is out- it like trivia? What you, is
0: this? you, you got to think a little bit outside of the box. It's almost outside... It's a kind of... I don't want to give it away, but it's outside of the hockey box. Oh,
1: shit. They both are... Did,
0: oh, I, I went to a really dark place because I know Hamanick lost his dad. Well, and I think part of that dark darkness they went through is, is the point of what they do similar now. So I'm on the right track. Kind of, yeah. Okay. And knowing you and your your fun... Here's a fun quiz for you. Who has <laughs> suffered the most personal tragedy? So am I on the right path here? Okay, the answer... I don't know if you got this as a listener, but they are both do outstanding work in the community. Oh, yeah. No, they're both great guys. Yeah, yeah. no, totally. And But part of being on the right track is a lot of their and community work stems from the struggles that they went through with their totally. families. Totally.
1: They both have great charities that they like both... Fuck, you can't say enough about these two guys. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. We're comparing these guys, they're comparables. Yes, and we're comparing them as hockey players. As human beings, great people. Like, it, I mean, I'm not even worth like a quarter of TJ Brody or Travis Hammond. I'm a piece of shit. These guys are really great guys.
0: And you know, I'm gonna call them fun facts, but at the end of the day, it's interesting to see how many players have gone through like serious family legit struggles. Right? It's something you don't really consider.
1: Because, like, again, we, we treat these guys as, like, commodities not, like, real humans. Not all the time, but it is kind of, like, hard when you forget. It. It's like, we're going to compare these two guys. One guy sucks. One guy's awesome. It's like, I don't know. It's kind of hard to remember. It's not hard to remember, but you do kind of, it gets lost in the professionalization of sports that is, like, people playing. So. Well, yeah, these people have lives. Yeah, like, they have like real they, lives. They
0: don't just, like, wake up, go play mm-hmm. hockey, then go to bed.
1: Right? And it's, like, that's kind of what bugs me about, like, the the narrative of, like, oh, he just doesn't want it enough, this guy. It's like, it's his job, right? Like, who in the world goes to their job every single day and is like, oh, I'm
0: going to get this today. Let's go, baby. Yeah. No one. And, yeah, I mean, like, I have a two-year-old, so it's, I find it interesting to see these guys that are having kids.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. And, and I it, think there's actually statistics on that somewhere.
0: Oh, well, I'd love to see that. Because, I mean, look at it. John Tavares just had a kid right yeah. before training camp. I'm like, holy fuck, bud. Look out, baby! Heads up, bud! Like Here I don't know how these guys 80. can like expect to perform at the level they they have been. Oh, yeah. After having a one or two year old, I know Talbot's been through it with twins. So I don't know. There's, I think there's something to be said about when you throw kids in the mix. How do you like? There's no way that you can be as focused as you used to be. No, but I mean, there's stats showing that they're better. With kids. With kids. I don't know if this is true. Let's pull it up. Let's find that. I'll right, find He's going to take we'll some time. We'll find it
1: sometime yeah. on like a live or something. All right. Let's, let's get right into it. All right. It. Brody, baby. Here we go.
0: Hamannick Brody. To what are the name. Brody? Brody shoots left. Hamannick shoots right.
1: Yep. Lefty righty, but Brody does play better on the right side. Apparently.
0: Yeah. That's true. Um, both born in 1990. Really? Yeah. That's when I was born. Oh my God. They're only two months apart. June 7th. TJ Brody, August 16th, three days before my birthday. Crazy. So, Hammondick was born in Manitoba. TJ Brody was born in Chatham, Ontario. Chatham? Chatham. He's a good minute. He's a good Ontario boy. Hammondick's an inch taller, coming in at 6'2, 205. He's a big boy. Eh? He is. And Brody is 6'1, 185. I mean, he's a, big... a bit of a lightweight. I do
1: want to preface this because I've been super critical of the Travis Hammondick trade. I like Travis Hammondick. Okay. I don't want people to think that I don't like Travis Hamanick. You just don't like what we gave up for Travis I just, We just gave up a little
0: too much. That's okay. all I'm saying. I really do like Travis Hamanick. So, Travis Hamanick, so both were drafted in 2008. Travis Hamanick went in the second round, 53rd overall to the Islanders. Brody, fourth round, 114th overall to the Calgary Flames. Fourth
1: round. So, that would be a Daryl Sutter draft. Wow, good job, Daryl.
0: And then, obviously, everybody knows we acquired Travis Hamanick what year, what year was that? It was that? 2017. 2017 yeah. for? For a first-round
1: draft pick, and a second-round draft pick, and a conditional second, which we ended up giving them. Right. So, yeah, not my favorite thing in the world, but... You gave up a lot, because, I mean, you gave up... You We just did yeah. a... The example a, I used was, like, okay, hey, Yusuf Alamaki is a first-round pick, Rasmus Anderson was a second-round pick, Oliver Shillington was a second-round pick. Those guys have turned out to be great players, well are showing signs of being great players there's no way in hell you would ever trade those all three of those guys for travis hammock or a player like travis hammock so that's all i'm saying is like they're just
0: giving them way too much and then you you'll always hear this argument that well a draft pick is not guaranteed they're going to turn in anybody but then that just makes it like that's why you need so many Why you need more that's why you don't just give them away willy-nilly so we both share that stance and man, like these guys really are similar. It's super similar. Okay, so let's look at their junior career. Okay, gonna we'll start with Hamonic. Sure. Okay,
1: so he played Moose Jaw, two thousand six, two thousand seven. He started with the Moose Jaw Warriors.
0: Yep. Yeah. They both they both started as sixteen year olds. It looks like Hamonic played a half season in the WHL and they got sent down. To I don't know. Do you get sent down in junior? To junior A, I guess so. Probably, or I don't know what what the story was there, but most likely, maybe he either wasn't getting enough playing time, and they said, you know what, you're just 16. Go get some more. Go yeah, play I more. In, I minutes. looked into it a little bit.
1: I couldn't really find anything, but he, yeah, that's probably what it was. So he went went to Junior A, Winnipeg Saints, the Winnipeg Saints. But then he went back to Moose Jaw the next year. So,
0: they, so basically, both players played five years.
1: Yeah, five of, years of
0: in, CHL hockey. Yep, Brody in the OHL. They put up similar
1: numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, Bro, oh, shit, Brody played for Barry. Was he there? No, he was too old. Don't worry. I yeah, checked into it. Checked checked it. Anyway. Okay. Anytime we see a Barry Cole, we're like, did he play with Munch?
0: <laughs> yeah, so confirmed he did not play with either Rats or Rasmus. A little too old. But um, yeah, I mean, these guys, similar. I mean, they don't score a lot. Yeah. Uh, Hammondick's highest scoring year in the WHL is 13 goals. 27 assists for 40 points.
1: And Brody's was 12 goals, 38 assists, 50 points. Yeah.
0: And you're going to notice, even as the it translates into NHL numbers, Brody's slightly higher on,
1: on offensive contribution. Yeah.
0: Yeah. On offensive contribution. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I mean, these guys are really similar like Super the board.
1: similar. Very interesting.
0: I feel though, like Hamannick was a little more highly touted.
1: Well, obviously he was drafted
0: earlier in the second round as opposed to like fourth round pick. Yeah. Um, and he seemed to be more of like a more highly talented defenseman, young guy. Well, you know, even he, though, did, he did break into the year a year earlier than TJ did. Yeah, even, well, again, TJ was kind of like one of those first, well, one of
1: the first, one of the only guys from the Daryl Sutter era who ever like even turned into anything.
0: Yeah, it's true. So... Because he kind of came up and went down, came up, went down, and it was like, well, we don't really know about this guy, and mm-hmm. then he kind of secured a spot, then he started playing with Geo, and then that was the turning point.
1: Yeah, it certainly was, eh? Definitely was, yeah, because it was all of a sudden, it was like, holy cow, this T.J. Birdie guy, is he, like, could he make Team Canada? Um, Because he spent, like, three years, because he was there when the Flames had Abbotsford as their AHL affiliate, Yeah. so he spent, like, three years in Abbotsford, well, two and a half, really, because the second year, he was only there for, like, 12 games, but, yeah, man, he he played quite a bit, and he didn't put up, like, huge numbers, either. Um, In his first year in the AHL, he scored five goals, like, 34 points in 68 games, only five goals. And then when the year he played 35 games, he only put up one goal. So it's not like he was like coming onto the scene like guns a-blazing, like, wow, this T- look out for this T.J. Brody guy.
0: Yeah. But it's his second year, well, I guess you look at it, he played kind of half-and-half half year NHL and AHL his first season. His first two – oh, no, that's the lockout year. So, yeah, his first season, yeah. So, but into his third season is kind of when he – You know, he kind of started to break out a bit. Yeah. 81 games, four goals, 27 assists. So he had 31 points in 81 games. And then the next year was like
1: his breakout season. He even had some Norris votes, for Christ's sake. And some All-Star votes.
0: And was that around the time? Because I remember that, him being like... Is he gonna make Team Canada?
1: Yeah, remember, because that was the talk. It was like, oh, he could like make Team Canada or whatever. But now, um, if
0: you think about it now, there's no fucking there's way. No way. It's interesting. Not right? even close. That's, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Not even close. So it seems like he's he's on a bit of a decline. Yeah,
1: and that was his, that was his. And again, he's like hitting like 28, 29. Um, yeah. We, we have seen defensemen continue to be effective and even be more so effective at that age. But. Um, Ala, Mark Giordano. But I mean, look at his career. Like, you can't tell me that he hasn't been unbelievably solid like not in terms of counting stats alone like points here's his point totals over the past like five years 41 45 36 32 34 pretty good yeah and i mean not bad
0: i mean that's if, if okay you're not gonna really you're never really gonna expect like too much from a defenseman in, in, no. in the scoring. if you can get in that realm that's like a that's like a great place to be as an nhl defenseman I mean, as soon as you're in kind of a 45, 55-plus range, now that's super bonus. Now you're like superstar status. Yeah. So, I mean, he's just kind of on the bubble of like, you know, in the realm of good. And then you compare that to Travis Hamonick. And he's been like more, it's what's, which is kind of interesting when you look at the
1: analytics underlying numbers. is It's kind of weird because Hamanick has not put up nearly the same numbers. Like he's been your typical kind of like stay home defenseman. Um, Broken into the league in 2010, 2011, Actually didn't he had a pretty good year that year. Sixty two games, twenty six points, pretty good. Yep. Um so they both broke into the league at the same year, hey? Yeah, 2010, 2011. So, both broke into the league as 20-year-olds. years old, twenty year olds. Well, um,
0: TJ actually spent that first year in, in, a, in the NHL. Oh, yeah, for the
1: most part. He played three games in the yeah. NHL. So, he was a year
0: behind yeah. Hammer.
1: a year behind in terms of, like, full season. And then he only played half a season the next year. Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird that Hammond has been in the NHL for, like, almost 10 years. Would you have ever thought that? I Isn't mean, that weird? Because well, think of him pre-Flames. I'm like, I guess I kind of saw him play that one year in the island. Yeah. I don't really remember it other than that. It's just weird, like these kids. It's crazy how like young these guys are, but how old we perceive them. It's like, oh, he's twenty eight. Oh, he's ancient. It's it's really weird. So yeah, Hemming like, had some solid seasons on the on the Islanders. I mean, like they're the Islanders. So the fact that he's putting up like decent numbers, and I'm even looking at his possession metrics, like not great, but I mean he's playing on the Islanders. So yikers. Um, and they made the playoffs. The Islanders made the playoffs in twenty thirteen. And 2016, um, they went to the second round in 2016. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Who the hell did they play? I have no memory of that. In 2016. 2016. Yeah. Uh, I no <laughs> idea. No idea. So he has some playoff experience.
0: Yep. I mean, I so think I mean he has got Hammers played 22 playoff games. Brody's played 20. Hammers played. 587 regular season games. Brody's played 570. I mean, they're super close. Super
1: close. They're great comparable.
0: Brody's had 44 goals. Hammer's had 34 in his career. Brody's had 203 assists. Hammer's had 142. So Brody has more assists. He has overall more points. The biggest difference between these two players is what we'll get to, but check out the penalty minute comparisons. Pims. Hammer has over 560 Whereas Brody is just over one hundred and fifty. Go TJ, that's my boy. How many did you say? Hammer has five hundred over five hundred and sixty. Yeah. TJ is a little over five hundred or sorry one hundred and fifty. Oh, Jesus, yeah, I was gonna say there's no way Brody has five hundred pins. One hundred and fifty. Like, God. Oh
1: my God. So yeah. He's so, a little softy. So yeah, in terms of career trajectory, obviously a little different type of player. Um, but yeah, I think Travis Hammock was kind of the more touted guy, but Brody has really become like. A modern-day NHL defenseman. Great skater. I think he moves the puck well. Yeah. We'll get into that in a bit. But
0: Well, let's jump into it. I mean, let's go to, to their report card. Okay. Because we can touch all those bases. Let's do it, eh? And we'll do them one-to-one. We'll compare them one to the other. Okay. So your first category, size and strength. Remember, where we do the rating now is out of five. I remember. Um, So I got them both, actually, out of uh,
1: 4.0. Sure. I, I'm surprised you have them equal, actually.
0: Well the reason, like there's a there's a section for physicality so obviously they differ there yeah. but as far as their size and stature on the ice they're very comparable to me yeah i feel like uh, brody has a better skating ability so when he's coming up the ice he's a bigger guy bigger body yeah, um, yeah he he just doesn't use his size much other than to skate well, you know what? Not neither of them really
1: like Ham As much as you expect, like most people, I think think he's like that hard hitting, big, mean defenseman. He really isn't. That's no, not really his game. He, if no, you watch not. the Flames play, no.
0: but he is. If he does play in your face, he's, yeah. he plays competitive, and he does have a physic physical nature. Yeah, he's to his I- game. he's
1: into it, but he's not like I think. If you ask somebody who doesn't watch the Flames on a nightly basis, like what does Travis Hamonic bring? They'd probably say, oh, he's like kind of like a tough defenseman. He's not really like that. So yeah, no,
0: he just he's a competitor. Yeah, yeah. All right, skating. Obviously, TJ Brody takes takes this category. Yeah, I give that to Brody for I sure. I got him at a four point five. Yeah, he's a good skater, man. Which
1: is high. He that's high. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because. And that's to me his biggest strength. Oh, for sure. I think he's an excellent skater. I think he enters the zone and exits the zone very well.
0: Yeah. Great I, skater. I feel like his the the zone that he skates the strongest in is the neutral zone. I thought that was the slight for As, edge. as long as he doesn't <laughs> pass the puck away into somebody's skates, yeah. and he skates it through the neutral zone, I mean, that's where he's most well, effective. I mean,
1: yeah, like he's, I've seen him make so many, he, he knows when to pinch. Well, he doesn't know when to pinch, but I've seen him have the ability to make an offensive play and then bust his, bust his butt back to get back on the back check. So yeah. he's, a, he's a great skater.
0: Yeah. Um, question. Havnick, 4.0.
1: He's a good skater too. He like, is a
0: good skater too. Again, but like, he's not in the upper echelon of. No, no,
1: he's not like as super. He's not as mobile and quick as TJ. Yeah, sure. But he is a good skater. He's, he's fun. Skater. All right,
0: shot scoring. TJ Brody, ooh, coming in at two point three.
1: I mean, his shot leaves something to be desired. Like his counting stats have been pretty good, but it's kind of weird when you look at like his, his um his offensive metrics. It's kind of weird that they're kind of weak. Like, I I'm not surprised. It's it's odd because he, he
0: does. Literally pretty much nothing for me on the she, offensive side of the game. He doesn't
1: she's not like he doesn't shoot a lot.
0: Outside of what was it, three years ago? There
1: was that one there was that one year where he put up what forty five there's the back to back years where he put up forty one to forty five points. And, and what's
0: had... what stands out the most for me is the three on three overtime. When the three on three overtime became a thing mm-hmm. and he was always playing with Johnny and Monty, yeah. like that's when I was like, Fuck, Brody's good. Right. And then he kinda started to not be so effective on the three on three and now it's like, okay, now what does he do? Mm-hmm. And I think it's because three
1: on three has changed a little bit because it used to just be about who can get the puck and get down and score faster. Yeah, the rush. The, so the, the rush teams, the teams that can be good off the rush that are quick can do it. Now it's changed a little bit. You kind of see those moving back plays, and then it's like it relies more on strategy, which TJ is not particularly great at yeah. implementing.
0: And I think probably part of the lower score here is like he's
1: definitely a pass first mentality. Yeah, for sure. Like he doesn't shoot a lot. Like he's not a volume no. shooter. Like Hannafin. Um, I mean, I'm just like even if you look at some of his like his his expected goals is is way lower than I would expect it to be. Even just like his coursey four, like his shot attempts four, it, it's way lower than I would have thought for somebody who has put up like between thirty and forty points. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting. He's not it's not much of a
0: he's not much of a shooter. And I'm not surprised. I'm a little surprised. Just because like you know, this is I mean, it doesn't happen all the time, but. The analytics are definitely, you know, mirroring what I see. Yeah, I'm a, I'm and a little don't surprised.
1: See. I'm a little surprised he's not more of like an offensive play driver. So it's it's a little surprising to me, to be honest.
0: Okay, I got Hamonic coming in at three point. I say three point eight, and I think the biggest difference between the two is that Hamonic to me has more of a offensive minded, definitely in a hockey sense. He's definitely more offensively minded. He makes better decisions. I feel like it's okay if you're pass first, but you can't be pass first like 98% of the time. Well, TJ yeah. Brody just never shoots when he should. Yeah, and, and we'll get into it, but breaking down the TJ Brody thing. But if the guy just drove the net or went a little bit more to the danger areas, like he could actually use his ability to skate and his ability to enter the zone... And actually, create more danger out of that.
1: And it's weird because when you see Hamnick, you're like, oh, he's like a stay at home guy. He's like one or two goals a year. Because like, what is his highest goal total? Like, it's not super high. Like, he scored what five goals last year was his highest? Yes, yeah, like seven. seven goals. It's weird because he shoots more than Brody. I mean, if you look at their heat map shot, like their shot charts, like the Flames are more of a threat to get shots when when T- when uh, Travis Hamnick is on the ice by like a significant amount. So plus seven percent when TJ Brody's on the ice. Yeah, plus twenty one percent when Travis Hammonick's on the ice. Wow! And like, look at this heat map. Like he's the shot attempts that are generated when Travis Hammonick is on the ice. Yeah, there are a lot more there.
0: So because so he's playing on the right point. So all that means yeah, is that he's he's, a, he's able to shoot and yeah. then find guys in the slot. Which is like I feel like when Brody gets the puck by the blue line, it's going one place. Yeah, into the guy's shin pads.
1: So I mean, Tra- Hamonic's like expected goals are not very great. They're average. So it's not like he's getting like insane uh like scoring chances really high danger but he is getting a lot more he's shooting the puck more he's creating more offense than Brody, which is kind of interesting not offense but he's driving play more than Brody, which
0: i never would have thought not
1: that i never would have thought that but it's just a little surprising so yeah which I, is
0: again this is cool because right? the it's, analytics are mirroring what i weird.
1: what i see see i would have thought not that i would have thought the opposite i would just think I'm surprised that Brody's shot contributions are lower than Hamnick's. That's that's it's just weird to me. And
0: if you're gonna say shot contributions, like I like honestly, the guy never hits the net. Yeah, it's we're true. talking about Brody. Never hits the net. And how often is he just like rifle it right into the guy's shin pads? Like he can't. I don't know. Like that to me, that'd be something you work on in the off season. Is like shooting around guys. I mean, obviously the best guy in the league is Eric Carlson. It seems like whenever he gets the puck at the blue line, like, it's a threat, no matter what. Yeah. 100% of the time, it's a threat. Mm-hmm. But a guy like TJ Brody, like, I'm just rifling into the shin pads again. Yeah, but. like, yeah,
1: it's just a little surprising. Like, I mean, and their expected goals and their goals for are kind of similar, but, I mean, Hammonick just, there's more shot attempts generated than Hamnick's on the ice. The one thing I will say that Brody is a little bit better at is, like, actually passing the puck to dangerous areas like shot assists
0: like passing the puck that leads to shots, little better in that well, respect. Probably because he's all he ever does. Yeah, he, he never pass, shoots. he's a pass first guy for So sure. it's just a percentile thing. But mm-hmm. okay, puck handling. I do have Hamonick coming in a bit higher, three point nine. Really?
1: That's interesting. Is yeah. that just because of all the gaps?
0: You know what? I don't I don't I don't know. Yeah. Bro I gave Brody a three point five. Okay. And I gave Hamnik a three point nine. I think probably that's what it is, is like Making the right decisions It's probably more decision made I think Brody's a better puck handler But I But I think like Hamannick is kind of the more, Is more like He's like the analytics are showing He's more like Quietly sneaky No
1: I think he's underrated But I mean If you look at like hey, okay, what does puck handling mo- mean Moving the puck From one area of the ice to the other Being able to get out of tight spots I think Brody's pretty good at that
0: See I feel like I would give a slight edge to Hamnick. I, mean, I think they're pretty comparable. Like, I think I mean if Brody's you were, better speed. Yeah. If
1: you were watching the game the other night, like I like I was talking about previously, right before he made the giveaway, he made a great play at the blue line. Like Johnny kind of passed it to him and it was kind of in the air, and he kinda kicked it down with his skate and was able to hold the line really well. So I I've seen him hold the line, I see him move the puck well. I think he's a pretty good puck handler. I think he's I think he's got the edge over Hamnick. Um, I think ham and Egg is pretty like meat and potatoes puck movie not that, that or puck handler not that that's bad yeah but I think Brody like does have a little more skill with the puck
0: and I don't not necessarily agree I don't necessarily disagree with that but I feel like sometimes the the simpl- simplicity of meat and potatoes sure can actually be more effective yeah. than somebody some guy that takes a little more risks and then turns it over you much more. I don't know mm-hmm. All right, I'll be honest I was actually marking Brody, you know me. In terms of what are we talking about, physical play? Well, I'll give him an extra point on the puck handle, 3.6 on the puck handle. Okay.
1: He's a good puck handler, you know, right? Yeah. And I, just kind I, of you have know, to, Yeah.
0: When I mark, I have my hard marker on him just because I have a little bit of hate on for him. Yeah. No, I hadn't noticed. <laughs> okay. So, physical play, I got Brody coming in at uh, 2.8. Yep. And I got Hammond coming in at a 4.0. Yeah. So, to me, they don't. That's one of the biggest differences in their game.
1: And I was just saying, like, I don't know, like, does he really? Does Hamannik really play that physical? I guess if you look at his actual like hits, I mean, he does throw quite a few hits.
0: Well, it's not like he's a huge body back there, like no. a, like a Bufflin or a Myers or something mm-hmm. like that, where it's like that's their game style is laying you out in the corner. But I feel like, like Brody's gonna take gap. He's gonna Brody has decent positioning and gap control. Yep. But there's not a there's not a physical side to it. Like he's just there to close the gap and try and take the puck off your stick. Yeah. Whereas Hamannik, you come down, he'll close the gap, and then he's gonna try and be physical with you. So right. it's a different kind of style. Sure. And then obviously, I mean, look at the the penalty minutes we touched on him. He's got four times as many penalty minutes. You can kind of equate to how physical guys playing with that. It's really
1: interesting. I'm just looking at hit totals, which is like something I never look at because it's like, well, what does that tell you? But here's Hamannik hit totals over the past five years. Look at how the drastic decrease. Two hundred and thirteen with the Islanders, one hundred and forty-eight with the Islanders, then fifty-eight. He only played forty-nine games. Right there, okay. but then the, his first year with the Flames, he only had eighty-three hits, and then last year, he only threw forty-four.
0: Very interesting. So he's, that's weird, eh?
1: So he seems to kind of be adjusting his game a little bit. He's definitely
0: changed his style. I mean, the thing that sticks out to me with that timeline is like the the style, of the game has changed. 100%. Hitting is nowhere near a factor of what it used to be. Yep. And it's all about speed. So I can see that. Probably you couple that with he's getting older. Mm -hmm. And then he's got a different role with the Flames.
1: Yeah, no, totally.
0: I think he was definitely more of like the go-to guy on the Islanders. Uh, But now with the Flames, he's kind of just a second pairing, you know, support guy. So Mm -hmm. it is interesting. It is interesting that it's just, that's just something I literally just
1: noticed. All right, offensive play. I got him tied at 3.0. Yeah, so this one's what's really interesting because in terms of counting stats, obviously you give the advantage to Brody. But if you look at the analytics, and again, we kind of talked about this before, but it's like Hamnick does like drive play a little bit better. It's
0: weird. To me, the reason why is because he's got a little bit sharper of a hockey sense. Maybe. And all that means is like he knows what, what the better play decision is more often than Brody does.
1: Like, I mean, last year especially. Like, look at Hamnick. So we're just looking at their RAPM charts. Like, look at Hamnick last year. In terms of his, his goals for, his expected goals, and his uh, Corsi for. Like, really solid. Like, yeah. excellent. Well, compared I mean, to, to Brodies, who were not good at all. It's weird.
0: And to me, I saw that all year long. I saw Hammonick and Hannafin were solid across the board. And TJ Brody struggled.
1: But I, I wouldn't have expected, like, when you watch the Flames... Not if you watch the Flames. But if you're like, okay, hey, who is a better... Who's who's driving Playmore... Uh, T.J. Brody, or a guy like Hannah Finner-Hammonick. I would have always, like just from the
0: eyeball test, I'd be like, oh, Brody, But And I totally probably would have argued. I mean, because... Well, I guess I know Dick Ball. For me, like when I see him coming out of the zone, the amount of errant passes he makes is ridiculous. It's just like, can you make a stick-to-stick p- pass, please? Come hey. out of the zone. And you know how frustrating that is when you're a forward break, and I was like, God. Might, it's behind me. It went behind me. Or it's like, how many... How many times does he miss the pass completely and it turns into an icing? And part of it is, it's like, so many to track that. Well, the thing is, is once you notice it a few times, and that's all I see. Yeah. So I know I'm probably being way more hard on the guy than I should be, but yeah, I got to hate on for him. I can't help it. <laughs> all right, defensive play. You'll probably bring a good argument to this. I got Hammond coming in better at 4.2, Brody at 3.8. So this is where it's
1: interesting. This is where. Some of the underlying numbers, this is where I started to defend Brody because one of the main criticisms of Brody is that oh he's because I always say like he's a better defenseman than Hamnik, in that he is a better defender than Hamnik. And it, it seems the analytics the underlying numbers are kind of suggestive of that. Like, especially when okay, I'll start with one thing. I'll start with entry defense. So you look at how TJ Brody is able to break up entries, his breakups per sixty per sixty are in the 70th percentile in the league. So breaking up uh, an attacking team's uh, entry over the blue line. He's in the 70th percentile, whereas Hamnick is at, like in the 40th percentile. So big difference there. Brody is much better. Better, if I can speak English today, at breaking up entries. And then the other thing, like he's just he's just a much better entry defender. So he doesn't allow the other team to enter the zone. Right. At the same right as Hamnick So guess. he protects his own blue line. Yeah, he's very good at protecting the blue line. Very good way to put it. Okay. And then the other thing that's really interesting is that his shot suppression. Like, he's very good at this. He's very good at sh- suppressing shot attempts. So other teams are not getting shots when TJ Brody's on the ice. And that's really positive for a defenseman. And that's over his career and last year. Um, he's been pretty good, pretty good at it over his career. But I mean, in terms of shot suppression, he's been one of the best Flames defenders over the past few years. So that's where I kind of get into this defensive TJ Brody. It's like these things that maybe if you're if you don't if you're not knowing exactly what to watch for, like you you may be kind of undervalue what he does defensively. Whereas like Hamanick, um, his shot suppression career has not been great. It was a little better last year. Um, his 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 expected goals against was okay. But then the other thing I look at is, okay, when I'm looking at five-on-five five unblocked shot rates against, when TJ when Brody's on the ice, the other team has a negative 9% threat of scoring. So when he's on the ice, compared to the rest of the team, it's negative 9% chance that they're okay. of a threat. When mm-hmm. Hammonick's on the ice, it's a little more average. It's about zero. It's like, it doesn't really matter if he's on the ice. So they're getting more... The other team seems to be getting more chances... High danger chances when Hammonick's on the ice than when Brody's on the okay, ice. Okay,
0: let me jump in there because I think I can break this down. Across – I, I where there. Brody is better than Hammonick in three areas is yeah. skating. Three I think areas. he's actually better positionally. Yeah. And I think he is better at gap control. For and sure. I think the reason why he's better positionally and gaps control is because he is a better skater. Yeah. However, with all that aside, he turns the puck over. Yeah. Worse than Dominic does.
1: That's his biggest weakness. So he's
0: like he's like his own double edged sword. Yeah. Even though he's better in those areas, because he turns the puck over, now, right? Even though as a percentile, yeah. My but area. it's like, how many, how many, I know that's why it's so frustrating. How many of those gaffes turn into like when you game to deci- sit game deciding goals when against. you literally
1: watch him play like I did. I was watching the pre- again, it was a preseason game against like an AHL Vancouver Canucks team, but I was watching him really closely because I knew we were going to do this. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, he is so good. Like, look at him and exit the zone there. Look at him break up that entry. Wow, look at him turn this look at him in transition here. Wow, great play, TJ. Held the line. Awesome. Right. Great job. And then he has the monumental giveaway that he, leads to the biggest this mistake is, of the this game.
0: This is TJ Brody right here. Brody is so good, but <laughs> Exactly. And then the, the butt, the thing is, is like when the butt costs you games or yeah. it costs you. No, like, I hear you. It costs you And It may- frustrates the shit out of me too. And it costs you big goals. You in remember games? last year. Yeah. So So
1: I, I understand where people's frustration are. I just think it's gotten to a point where we've completely undervalued his ability as a defenseman where he's a really good defenseman, he
0: just fucks up a lot. Yeah, <laughs> And I can't disagree. And and I thank you. I thank you <laughs> for standing up for Brody. I and am bl- dying Because if there's one thing we do in Calgary that we know is we undervalue our goddamn it's players. Fierce. We totally do. Johnny
1: Goudreau, everybody. up, oh, trade him. He's too soft. Sean Monahan, trade him. He's too soft. These guys are good. Yeah. These guys are elite. We finished first in the West last year. Let's I not think,
0: forget that. I think the key with Brody, and this will probably make everybody happy, yeah. is if you keep him, I think we're... Where I personally think he belongs. You know what, that's a good point that I didn't really consider before. If you keep him where I think he belongs is in your bottom third of yeah. your defensive your yeah, lineup. Yeah,
1: because I've been a little more vocal about, like, okay, I'm a little more he- hesitant to start Rasmus Anderson on the top pairing with Geo, even though he looked very good there in spurts last year. we'll, we'll see him tonight there. We'll see him tonight there. Get a good look at it. Um, I've always said, like, I feel more comfortable with Brody there, but yeah, maybe, maybe that's the answer. Maybe that's the best case scenario because then... Brody can do what Brody does best, which is is a good defenseman, yep. good to transition, good at moving the puck in and out of the zone, and, that's, good at, and then he can do that in a more limited role and then yep. maybe he's not out there against the top lines of teams giving the puck away and giving them free goals. And
0: that's the chess or checkers match of how do you want to utilize Brody. Yep. If you can shelter him, then if he's turning the puck over, it's not going to end up in the back of your net every goddamn time. That's a really good point. I don't. I, I personally do not think he belong. To me, he's not a one number one or two guy. I don't think he's a top four defenseman. I don't even think he's a top three. He's not even your top guy on your second pairing. But he could be your second guy on your second pairing, and he could play on your third pairing no problem. It's too bad he and Hamnick don't didn't play very well together because. Well, Ham. Well, you know what? Hamnick really struggled his first year. They I wonder, struggled. and I wonder how much of that was. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. It's just kind
1: of a bummer because, like, when we were going into that season, the Geo-Hamilton-Hamanick-Brody, I was like, holy shit, do we have a good defense. And, I mean, the Geo-Hamilton combination was dynamite, but yep. Brody-Hamanick, they struggled. Really and, like, bad.
0: and, like I said, I'm marking Brody kind of hard. Yeah. And probably too hard, harder than I should. But because of those... Be- and you know what? The
1: other thing, too, that year is that he was playing on his wrong side like he that's true from all from everything we've heard and from everything we've seen he plays way better on the right side which is and you know
0: what it's not that weird and glenn gulleton just refused to try him it's not that weird i shoot shot left yeah i always prefer to play on the right wing yeah no it's true because because you're like for me personally speaking you're opened up to the play i understand like you have you have that much more depth to what you can do because you're kind of carrying the puck on your side or Mm. behind you um, it's easier to cut back. Yeah. I don't know. It, it totally makes sense to me why he, some players might prefer that. So I would just say, and I'm going to
1: post some of these visuals on, on our social media and stuff. I would just say, like, when you're taught, when you're thinking about TJ Brody and that, oh, we just trade him for anything, remember that he is a pretty elite defenseman, defender. Other teams don't get as many scoring chances for the most part until he gives the puck away while he's on the ice. So just remember that he is a pretty good defenseman.
0: Brody's a legit NHL defenseman. He belongs in the NHL.
1: Yes, for sure. He's just prone to some... Again, like Jake Gardner is... And again, I don't watch a lot of Leafs games, but the Leafs games I have watched have been the high-profile ones where Jake Gardner tends to fuck up. But I think like if you look at a guy like Jake Gardner and TJ Brody, so good, they're just prone to these bad mistakes. Like you said, maybe if they're put in a more sheltered roll and utilize properly they could really excel yeah and i got full faith that bill peters will do that he showed he did it last year yeah i do it again and i'm into, i really hope that they're not again just one last thing i really hope they're not trading brody because we have like stone now because i don't think again if you guys think brody's bad just wait till michael stone is playing 15 minutes a
0: yeah. night honestly after digesting that trade it, it's I, I don't think tree living in any sense is bringing in... I hope not. I think this is a depth move. Yeah. And like I said, it's low risk because no matter how you slice it, you're spending $700,000 on your seventh D-man, whether they're in Stockton and off the books or on the team and on the books. doesn't matter who that seventh is. I would just say I'd rather have Davidson than Stone.
1: Anyways, moving on. What do we got?
0: Okay. Okay, this one will be interesting. Hockey sense. They're actually not too far apart. I got... uh, Really? ...Hamanick as as a 3.9. Okay. Brody's a 3.3. And honestly, if the guy even had half as many... Turnovers, yeah, he'd be not only. I mean, he wouldn't be so hated about by all the fans, but he'd be like ranking so much higher in these categories. Yeah, it's true. It's kind of like, let's say you work with someone, right? And they're like great workers, but like once or twice a month, they don't show up to work,
1: and you're just like, what the hell?
0: Yeah, it's like it's fine if it happens a few times, but then. If it's just a constant pattern, it gets a
1: happening. It becomes happening.
0: an issue, yeah. and then it becomes such a big issue that you can't overlook it. Yeah, and you have to let them go.
1: It's like a, yeah, exactly. It's like a small thing that turns into a big thing because it's consistently happening all the time. And
0: that is where that's where to me the realm that TJ Brody lives in. Yeah, and so I said. Take a grain of salt with the ratings I give him. He's probably higher where I rank him and again, across I, the board, but not, because of that factor, that's yeah, why. Yeah,
1: I understand. And not that giveaways is like a great stat, but TJ had 100 recorded giveaways last year, and Hammonick had 62. That's a big difference. And I mean, TJ... And again, his, coming
0: back to the timing, he has a propensity yeah, of like turning it over and it really costs really you. Really
1: bad times. Overtime, late in the game.
0: Oh, man, it's Where you bad. just hang your head and it's like, bro. And you know what? It really has only been this last year, I think. Yeah, well, you know what's interesting is that I feel like he was he was starting to, to do that a bit. Yeah. And then he had those two great years where he was just phenomenal, and he was in the Hockey Canada talks. And then somebody named Glenn Gulson
1: comes around. Maybe it's Gulson's fault. I don't know. <laughs>
0: okay. All right, last last category, competitiveness. Hamanek, 4.4. 4. I mean, he got his jaw broken like an idiot, so. And Brody, 3.8. And honestly, these last two categories will always separate uh, players apart. It's how much hockey sense do you have, and how competitive are you? Because your competitiveness is basically your willingness. There, you have two aspects: you got your ability, and you got your willingness. Two aspects. I mean, okay, but let's just. I think. I think this is detrimental sometimes to be too competitive. Well, that's why you need the hockey sense to balance it out. Because you need to know when to be competitive.
1: Like what is Hamonic doing, fighting that guy? Game one of the season gets his jaw broken. and He's out. Like that was dumb. I don't care if it was like everyone's like, "Yes, you got to stand up for Dubé. He shouldn't have done that. I think he should have. He got his jaw broken. Yeah, but you don't know. And he... Then the team wasn't as good because they lost their one of their top four defensemen. If he That's knew,
0: stupid. If he knew, his jaw was gonna break. He wouldn't have fought him, or maybe he would have. I don't know. Should have done it. Then, honestly, Travis. I don't mind it. He set a precedent early on, and then the rest of the team stood up for everybody else except for fucking Jankowski.
1: As a Calgary, yeah. as a Calgary Flames fan. As a purely pure hockey fan, I like that. As somebody who's a little more analytical, it's like obviously you shouldn't have done that, Travis. That was dumb. But as a as a Flames fan, I'm I you don't lie when Tra- when goes after. I'm like go get him, Travis. But then afterwards, I was
0: like that's kind of dumb. So well, yeah. Well, once he breaks his jaw, he yeah, looks kind of <laughs> stupid. <laughs> All right, that's the report card. I totaled him up. Hamnick is uh, three, 35.2. And Brody was a 30.8. Yeah. So hey. he's coming in a little bit higher. And I'm, like I said, grain of salt, Brody should be higher than I ranked him. But because of all the reasons why we already described, yeah. he's coming in lower.
1: I would I would have Brody. I would probably flip that. I think Brody's a better defenseman, but I understand. Okay. All
0: right. You want to jump in any more analytics? To- no, nope, that's it. Okay, no, round that up. Yeah, it's all good. Let's go to strengths. Let's do it. Let's do it. We've already touched on most of this. So let's give yeah. you a bit of a recap Brody, great, straight skater. Can move the puck fairly well. Yeah. When he's not turning it over, uh, he's, good at, the cap, yeah. he's good. He's good. That's a thing though. But yeah, he's good at doing the rush. And then I said, although he's almost useless below the circles. Yeah, it's true. Like, the, okay, with his with his size and his skating ability, I would love to see him drive the front of that more often. It's true.
1: Like, how many times do you see him? Okay, he's got the puck on the rush, and then
0: he's shoot a rush. it, and then shoot it when he gets there. Exactly, because the only times that he does drive, he passes the fucking thing off. Yeah, I agree. I hear. You. <laughs> Sorry, he ahead. either
1: passes it off, or you'll see the thing he does where he like peels off into the corner. Yeah. Like it drives me nuts. It's similar with Jankowski too, right? It's like not that they're in any way comparable, but it's like you know sometimes when you see a guy who can skate really well like Brody can, and it's like hey, you have a step on the guy, go for it, just make that hard cut to the net, take it to the net. Yeah. And he'll just like go around behind the net, circle back the blue line, look for the passing lane. That's what I
0: love about Sam Bennett.
1: Which I, yeah, exactly. Which I understand from a guy like Johnny Gaudreau, right? It's like if you don't have a step on a guy, you can't physically
0: get to the front of the net there. You got to be smarter and make the play. But when
1: you're TJ Brody? Yeah.
0: Come on. But Johnny's been able to elevate his game the last two seasons because he's cutting to the center of the ice more often. Totally. All right. Third strength, he can log a lot of minutes. Yeah. And he can play full seasons. He's a he's a legit NHL defenseman. Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> That's like the lowest strength you can give somebody. He can play defense in the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> I would just throw in another strength. He's he's a good defense. he's good in his own zone when he's not giving the puck away. His shots pressure metrics are very good. He's good he's the Flames are a better team yeah. in his own zone when he's on the ice until he gives the puck away. Yeah. But for the most part.
0: Which leads us to the area's improvement, number one. Managing turnovers. Yeah, managing... Exactly, yep. Smarter decisions with the puck. Decision-making.
1: It's like it's like Noah Hanfin
0: except to an insane extreme. Because like you said, I think... Honestly, even if he reduced that by 50%, all these metrics would look way different. And I, I don't even know what it is. Like, how do you pinpoint that? Well, it comes out a the hockey sense.
1: So, like, cause it's just like... Like, even the... I'll use the... I keep using the preseason play just because it just happened. It's like... I could see that from 500 miles away. You're like, like, no, no, no,
0: he's not going to pass it right to the guy's stick coming up the ice the other way with no one else behind you, (laughs) TJ Brody. No.
1: Right? So it's just like, I don't know what's behind it other than, like yeah, hockey sense. Yeah, it's hockey sense. I guess that's
0: what it is. Uh, Areas improvement, better tape-to-tape passes exiting the zone slash why you icing the puck. (laughs) Getting shots through traffic on the point. Do I need to repeat myself? Yeah, I would like to see him... Right like, into the shin pads. Totally. I want right to, off the end glass. I want to see right off the of side of the boards. 5'10 <laughs> feet away from yeah. the goaltender.
1: I want to see his uh, shot volume go up this year for sure.
0: And I mean, to me, that's... that's and that's his, not his game, but I mean, it but would be nice. But that's something you could practice. Yeah. Like, like, there's legit areas where it's just like, okay, you are never going to really get better at that. Yeah. But that's something like you could work on. All right. Shoot Shoot yeah. more. He's always passing
1: it, right? We're all like, you know, when you're in the stands and you're just like, shoot, like <laughs> yeah. always directed towards Brody.
0: No one, no, no one bothers. Whoa. No one's expecting me to shoot. Okay, okay, is there a guy coming? Because we know he's gonna pass it. Which, which guy? Which guy is he gonna pass it I to? I think
1: here? he's good at passing. Like his shot assist uh, per sixty metrics are pretty good. But it's just like we, I would like to see
0: him start shoot, like shooting more. Yeah, <laughs> I would say just be a bit more physical. Yeah. If I'm nitpicking now.
1: I don't, yeah, like, I don't think it's a huge part of his game, and I think he game ga- And the game's changed, so. Yeah, and he is good enough in his own zone that I don't think
0: he needs to be. And but, he's like, can, skater, you, can but, you think of, like, a big Brody hit in the last seven years?
1: Yeah, but I mean, he's still, like, that's not his game. I don't know. Would it be better if he's laying guys out? Probably not. I don't know. Oof. You kidding me? Laying guys out is awesome. <laughs> It'd be awesome, but I don't <laughs> know if it makes him a better team, man. It's all more right. fun yeah. for us. Right, all right, good. Right,
0: uh, and then drive the net more. We covered this. Yeah, he's fucking big. He's got size he's got and size speed. And speed. Get off the offensive perimeter, bud. Yeah. All right. Sorry to pick on you, Brody. <laughs> Hope this doesn't break your confidence if you're listening to this. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go to Hamannik. Strengths. I think he's got a solid understanding of the game. He's and, a pr-
1: he's a pretty smart player. Yeah,
0: and uh, and the defense and I like him on the defensive side of the game as well.
1: I think he struggles defensively. Um, for the most part, I think he was better last year for sure. But I think the pa- again, I don't know. The first year is kind of a write off. That first year, because yep. like boy, did they struggle both both Brody and he. So yeah, he really I really wouldn't put struggle. too much talking on that. He was better last year in terms of his like shot suppression metrics, just a, a little bit in terms of his career. Yeah. And again, he played in the island, so like, geez, like how, man, they were probably not the best of teams back then. No. So I think Brody is a better defenseman. I think Hamonic. Um, has shown the ability to be better, and he's not as good, but he seems to be. He was better last year for sure. So,
0: all right, how many? He's one of those guys. I feel plays within the fabric of the game. Yeah, no, that's yeah. And he's physical when needed. I would say he needs to maybe chill it out a
1: little bit. Just I, I well, guess. Just, I don't, guess it's just, just the, don't get it's your jaw broken. It's the one time. Okay, I Okay, but
0: let's say he got one punch, but didn't break his jaw, and he was back three days later. Yeah, it wouldn't made a difference. No, but I just because he yeah he broke. He,
1: I know I nitpick on that one, but. And I, he did suck. He and Hannafin got absolutely crushed in the playoffs. Like, they got destroyed in their own zone. Like, absolutely atrocious. They were the worst expected goal players on the Flames, like by a mile. So they, they sucked in the playoffs, pretty bad.
0: All right, I got him showing up in, in big moments. There's been a few. I think there was a couple of his goals last year were like at pivotal times of the game where we needed a goal, bad. He scored seven goals last year. That's pretty good. And he st- stood up and got one. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. You re- you're right. mm-hmm. And the last one, leader. He's a leader and a great teammate. And he's... Yeah, he's... a gr- It's true.
1: He's a great guy. And they're both great guys, but...
0: Areas for improvement ha- for uh, Hamanek. Shot threat from the blue line. Mm-hmm. Shot and threat from the blue line. He's another one of those guys where it's like... Meh...
1: Uh, he, he's definitely more of like a volume shooter. He throws pretty much everything at the net. I don't mind that ever. Which... Is okay, but he's not getting like
0: super high danger chances. Like I want to see these guys up their threat. Yeah, like you um, should watch Eric Carlson. Anytime he gets the puck in the blue line, I'm shitting my pants. <laughs> Literally. I hope not. <laughs> All right, maintain foot speed as the game gets younger and faster.
1: Yep. And again, we haven't. I think he's an underrated skater. Like again, when you look, he's a bigger guy. Like he's what 205. Yep, I think most people would expect him to not be as fluid and fleet of foot as he is. And He's a pretty skilled. So fleet of foot, fleet of foot. Look so at you! Is that alliteration? Fleet of foot, fleet of foot. So yeah, I think I think I hope he can keep that up. because He's going to need to. Okay. Other areas for improvement. I just have the one other thing I kind of noticed was his entry defense and gap control, not yeah. the best I've ever seen. Yep. Yeah. So he could definitely improve on that. I don't know if that's a systems thing or what,
0: but. Yeah. One last thing on Brody. Um, I feel like even though he's a great skater, his skating hasn't really been able to translate too much into putting offensive numbers up. That's what's a little surprising is the numbers are a little lower than you would but expect. I, but I think we pinpointed why. Because yeah. he's staying on the perimeter. He's not shooting enough. Mm-hmm. Anyways.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah. he's All not right. He doesn't shoot enough for sure. It's just, it's just a little surprising with the guy with his skill set... And playing with Giordano, and I know he doesn't get much power power play time, and I don't think he should, because yeah. that's not really where he's good. But it's just a little surprising that his counting stats aren't like like his last three seasons: thirty six points, thirty two points, thirty four goals or thirty four goals, thirty four points. Like his last four years of goal total: six, six, four, nine. Like that's that's quite low for what I think most people expect T.J. Birdie to be. Yeah, I mean, you expect a little more. Yeah, like you expect probably in that ten goal yes, range.
0: I'm pretty sure we pinpoint why it's yeah, not
1: happening no it's for it's true all
0: right what do we expect from these guys this year okay
1: it's kind of interesting because we i don't even think we expected birdie to be on the team this year like did in march well, if you had told me in april in theory
0: he should be because we traded for him but the trade got declined by nazim kadri
1: yeah so screw you nazim you know what i don't think that trade would have been as like mind like world art altering as most people like because what would it have done well, we would, we would... Is Kadri really that... Going to solidify your lines that much? With Valimaki
0: going down, we realized, shit. Exactly. It was probably a need, blessing. We actually need more depth than we do. Like, look at the depth we have up front. I know. We have more depth up front than I think we under, than we think we think. Oh, for sure. And these guys can develop, like, Dubay, let Let's see if Dube can even develop a bit more. Again, like, if we said, like... He's going to be just as effective if not more right? than Asim Kadri. If two of three, even if one of three, if
1: Bennett, Mangiapani or Dubé breaks out, like, holy cow, look out. Yeah, cuz that would be they, this team becomes an instant big time threat if like even one of those guys breaks out. Yeah. So it's it's kind of interesting cuz I don't think anybody expected or like wanted TJ to be on the team, but with the Valley Mackey injury, we realized, holy shit, we kind of need this guy. Yeah. So
0: and I think honestly how I'd like to see it play out and how I think it will play out just because we have a guy like Bill Peters managing the bench instead of Glenn Galdson, Yeah. is that you will see Brody Slot down into a bottom half.
1: Well, we started to see that last year, right? When Rass was playing on the top pairing with Gio. And even in the playoffs, he had Rasmus there for a little bit instead of Brody. So I would not be surprised at all. And in fact, that's kind of what I'm expecting.
0: Yep. Well, you know what? Brody got a chance to play a Gio last game. Yep. Now Rass is getting a chance tonight. So coaches are already starting to make notes. It's true. And honestly, I feel like that's what I expect. That's what I'd like to see. I think that's what should happen. Mm -hmm. And then what do you think? Does he make it... Yeah, there's no way we trade at the trade deadline. I can't
1: one. see him being traded at the trade deadline unless it's like literally we're in like probably the worst case scenario where we're not in a playoff, like we're not yeah. in the playoffs, which would be horrendous. And there's yeah. like, we have way more big, we have way bigger things to worry about if than trading TJ Brody if we're not in the playoffs. But I mean, I can't see him being traded unless Valimaki, unless he's, I think you've said this, unless he's seriously continues to decline quite a lot this year and Valimaki's return is expedited and he comes back sooner than expected, Yeah, I don't see him being traded. It's very unlikely. It would be, it'd be a weird situation if it were to happen.
0: Now, with, on the same vein, do we re-sign him? Man. I really don't think so. It kind of depends. Because you need those dollars allocated elsewhere.
1: It depends on what you'd be paying him. So what do you think you'd be paying him? I think it'd probably be similar. I don't think he's getting a pay bump. So what's he making now? He's making 4.6, 4.65.
0: Four. I think he he probably earns the last three point eight maybe. I think he's probably in like depending the on where range. he goes. See if he he's gonna he's a market UFA, value. He's a UFA right yeah. So he's he's gonna get more elsewhere than if staying in the flames. He might choose to stay in the flames, but I don't think Tree Living is gonna pay any more than three point eight mil. I don't think so either. So maybe you maybe you see him back. I think I, I doubt it. I don't foresee both of them coming back. No, I don't. I don't. And I think between the two, Tree Living is gonna go with Havnik. I think Tree Living will go with Hamannik. That's based before the season starts, so we'll see what happens this season. But yeah,
1: I would personally go with TJ, just because his skill set I think is a little more helpful in today's game. And again, if you play him on that third pairing, if you rolled out for like the next few years, Gio Anderson, Hannafin, then maybe somebody graduates up there. Maybe Val Mackey's there. I know they like to lefty righty, but I don't think that's really going to be a huge factor when you're totally working on your defense score. I would personally prefer TJ a little bit, but I think Hamnick will be the guy. Yeah, I agree. I th- I think he will. I I just the other thing with Hamnick is like I don't know. I don't want to be I'll go all Eric Francis here. Is Calgary like? Does he? Because I think he probably still wants to be here. Because when he was traded from New York, it's because he requested a trade to be closer to home, which yep. is in Manitoba. He's super happy being in Alberta. So if Winnipeg comes in with a huge offer, does he say no? I don't know. That's just the thought that crossed my mind. I, I doubt it. I don't want to be all Eric Francis on you last these guys
0: want to do late in their career is yeah, keep moving true. around team to team.
1: So if I had to bet, like you said, it's probably Hamannick, which I'm fine with. Yeah. I'm totally fine with that. I So he makes... He makes 3.8 right now. He's probably looking for a bit more, don't you think?
0: Yeah. And I don't know. I guess it really depends on how his seasons go. And it's gonna be I in, think he's pretty fair value to what we're paying him now. No, great value right now. 3.8.
1: Just so he might get four. a slight pay increase. It's kind of weird because like after we've seen all these RFA signs, and I posted a thing on uh, Chris Johnson was on the fan talking about the new TV deal coming up for Hoggy. Okay. And it's going to be like he was saying it could be almost eight times the value. So well, it should, it should be. It literally could increase. Yeah, no shit it should be like they're lagging behind. But he was saying like okay, the cap could conceivably be $25 million increased. In a couple yeah. years, and so I guess, like, what are what are these kind of mid age UFA guys going to be asking for now? I don't right. know. It's interesting.
0: Which again, it points to why a lot of these guys are asking for
1: three year deals. Yeah, exactly. Like they're going to get fucking paid yeah. in three years.
0: So I mean, if, if there isn't much change, I feel like Hamidic maybe makes a bit more. Yeah. If we re-sign him, and I don't know for what one two years, it really
1: I don't know. That's what's weird now. Like the a, the paradigm is shifted with the RFAs. So I don't know what it's gonna look like with these guys who are like 29, 30 as UFA's. It's gonna be really interesting. If in a perfect world, I'd say you sign him to, like, what an eight million dollar two year deal. That'd be okay with me. But is he gonna want two years? I don't know. Yeah, I so, think I don't
0: know. I've, I'm starting to see some of these older guys. They don't mind taking. Yeah, they don't mind. Girls. Yeah, no. Yeah. Because, I mean,
1: you know, maybe they're like, fuck,
0: I don't want to commit to five years. It's kind winners. of
1: either that or you're not, like, not, not that you're not in the league anymore, but I kind of, I, I always think about Curtis Glencross. Like, remember, he retired, and it was like, he okay, like, Blake Como still playing, kind of like a lot of his peer group was still playing, but he just retired because he couldn't get a t- contract that he wanted. Right. So, it's just kind of like, I think, yeah, we are going to start seeing these kind of, not older guys, but like, 29, 30, 31-year-old guys being willing to because they kind of have to take these shorter-term deals, so... Um yeah, if I had to lean one way or the other, I would say I am slightly more in favor of keeping Brody, but I totally understand
0: that Hammonick's probably the more likely guy to stay. Okay. And I'm totally fine cuz it is yeah. And and how do you see the the pairing go down with is is going to play with Hannafin I think, I all think year? Hannafin
1: and Hammonick are a lock. They, right?
0: They've solidified that pairing. Yeah, they're yeah. The, I
1: think in the whole team, they're the only two that are like solidified as like solid for this year like even in terms of the yep. forward lines. The goal, how the goalie is going to be deployed. I think the one constant is we you know Hannafin and Hammond are going to play together. I think. No, I yeah, I would agree. So I think that's where he's going to play. I mean, if we see what we saw from him last year, I'd be happy. I think he had, I thought he had a, quite a good year last year. Um, I think he and Hannafin can be better and should be better in their own zone. Yeah. But they were better than they had been previously in both of their careers. So I, I, think, we'll, I think they're like kind of like the stable. What is the word? Stable reliable. Reliable. We know what we're getting out of both of them. We know what we're getting from that pairing. We just like them to be a little bit better defensively. Yep. And yeah, I think they're gonna be a relatively solid pair next year.
0: Alright, I'm gonna rip through these get to know your player things. We get got to know TJ Brody, we already said grew up in Ontario, uh family farm, and his cousin was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis as a child. Underwent a life-saving double lung transplant surgery in two thousand eleven, um, and ever since then, Brody's had a, a big involvement in the whole Cystic Fibrosis Canada and um, Skating Strides for Cystic Fibrosis communities. Twenty fourteen, he started that charity. And Hamanik, as many of you know, lost his father at a young age.
1: Probably not. Not that there's like a competition among um, among charities, but Travis Hamanik's charity is pretty cool. What's the name of his charity? Um, it's the D Partner Program. Um, he even started it back when he was with the Islanders. Essentially, it hosts a, a, a kid who's lost a parent at a home game. It's pretty cool. You've seen this a lot. Um, he he even did one for a guy I know. His kid. They live in uh, California now. Brought a kid to the San Jose game. It's pretty awesome. So,
0: man, that's so cool. Two really
1: solid guys. That's fantastic. That, like that's
0: that's pretty remarkable. And you know what? There's nothing. I, I honestly, as a kid, I couldn't imagine oh, like Jesus. losing a parent. Oh my God. So for him to be reaching out to that community and being a, a kind of a, you know, a shining star and a really dark. And one thing that we do kind of undervalue, well, I don't know if we undervalue it,
1: but in, in the community with the Flames, they do a shit ton of community work, the Calgary Flames. Yep. Like I know, it's just like it's hard. Again, the professional sports organization; these guys make millions of dollars. But I mean, that is one of the core values of the Flames that I really like is that they are so involved in the community. It's kind of like a hallmark of the team. Not that other teams aren't, but it's just when you can see it firsthand
0: and you see what these guys are doing, it's pretty, it's pretty fucking awesome. So bringing it back right to where we started, these guys are pretty comparable, right? Not only in their hockey careers, but not only not only on the ice, but off. The off ice. the ice as well. Yeah. A couple, couple of great Honestly a couple of great guys Great
1: guys Great guys And I hope I really hope we can win With both of these guys On our team I want to win the Sailing Cup This year So bad